you go into your shower feeling tired. But as soon as you reach for the Irish Spring, your day immediately gets better. That crisp, fresh, unmistakable Irish Spring scent zings your brain and awakens your senses. So when you finally emerge from the shower 37 minutes later, because you pay the water bill so you can stay in there as long as you want, you're ready to take on the day and smell great doing it. Irish Spring Body Wash and Bar Soap. Fresh, green, Irish. Shop now at a store near you. Getting ready to take on spring? Make your first move with the reliable performance and power of steel battery tools. From hedge trimmers and mowers to string trimmers and more, right now you can save $50 on select battery tool sets. Real steel. Offer valid on select AK system sets through June 16, 2024. See participating retailer for details. When you buy Kroger brand products, you feel like you're winning. That's because they offer proven quality at lower than low prices. In fact, we guarantee that you and your family will love how Kroger brand products taste. Or you get your money back. So next time you're shopping for the family... Look for delicious Kroger brand products because they'll make you all feel like you're winning. Shop now, in-store, or online. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Coming up on today's NFL Fantasy Live, the Lone Star State. A trio of fantasy studs finding their way back from injury, but can you risk going all in? Alvin Johnson might be the consensus top wide receiver, but Brandon Marshall has a different plan in store. We're going in depth and going to finish breaking down the NFC North in today's fantasy two-a-days. We all have a bad day now and again, but a bad year. We continue looking at our fantasy stars who are hoping to bounce back in a fancy relevance in 2014. That and so much more as NFL Fantasy Live starts right now. Welcome to NFL Fantasy Live, presented by DirecTV, the official and most watched fantasy football show of the National Football League. I'm James Coe here alongside Adam Rank on the far side. Beautiful red tie, by the way, pal. Thank you, sir. Well, you, you referenced the Marshall Plan, so I figured this was a political agenda I show. I like it. <laughs> Who's got the blue tie on? All right, we'll figure it out. Also joined alongside Marcus Grant, our Geno Smith doppelganger as well. Molly Q and uh, Michael Fabiano on the far side. We're going to get to them in just a minute. But it is time, folks, to sign up for 2014 Fantasy Football. Leagues are forming right now on NFL.com, so go to the website, NFL.com slash fantasy fantasy to sign up the segment you guys are looking forward to most today Marcus Grant I'm happy to talk about more games we have actual live football starting tonight Love it's great it. Mr. Let's see how many Oregon State players I can reference. And, of course, we'll be talking about the Chicago Bears later as we bear down on their, <laughs> bear offensive, down, baby. <laughs> on their offensive starters. All right, let's talk top fantasy headlines for today. And we'll begin in Seattle where Seahawks running back Marshawn Lynch has been cleared of any wrongdoing by the Bellevue Police Department in Washington, stemming from an incident that took place last weekend. The Bellevue PD released a statement Wednesday saying, quote, the Bellevue Police Department has determined that Marshawn Lynch was not involved in last weekend's assault and property damage in any way. This case remains an open and active investigation. We appreciate the cooperation we've received 
from the Seattle Seahawks organization, end quote. All right, so, you know, do the distractions and that little mini holdout he had, does that affect his fantasy value in any way? Not really. I don't think the holdout, I don't think any of this has anything to do with it. If there's anything that makes me worried about Marshawn Lynch, it's the fact that he's had over 900 carries in the past three years. Big workload. History has shown running backs just don't tend to last much longer after that. I think he's still a top five guy, but I do have concerns about him. Yeah, he had 400 touches last year on the way to a Super Bowl championship. Mm -hmm. You look two years ago, Ray Rice was coming off a season where he had 400 touches. And then he, we saw what happened last season. So I'm a little bit worried about Marshawn Lynch. I'm going to avoid him in the first round. You might be right. All right, 49ers wide receiver Michael Crabtree returned to practice after missing the past week and a half with a sore hamstring. Crabtree missed a significant portion of 2013 with a torn Achilles. He's a pretty good fantasy play when he's in there. But, guys, let's say you went running back, running back, and maybe Julius Thomas in the fourth round also with a quarterback. Are you comfortable taking Michael Crabtree as your number one wide receiver, let's say, in the fifth round? I'm probably not doing that. And you look, I, this actually doesn't bother me because for whatever reason throughout his history, Michael Crabtree just seems to find ways to avoid playing in the preseason. I don't know if he gets a doctor's note from his mom or what, how it works out, <laughs> but he just doesn't play and he ends up playing well in the regular All season. Right. But there are other guys that I would take, a T.Y. Hilton, for instance, over Michael Crabtree. I think Deshaun Jackson and Percy Harvin are also in that ADP uh, question tier. Question marks, but everybody carries question marks with him. But Percy Harvin, you know, he said he found another gear, whatever that means. If he got a new car, I don't know, but... <laughs> You know what? I look at somebody like him, I would probably take a chance. Michael Crabtree hasn't scored a touchdown in September, although he hasn't played in September with Colin Kaepernick. But, you know, there's a lot of risk there. When you start hearing things like hamstring injuries, that's a red flag for me because it's so hard for those receivers to overcome. I think of guys like Miles Austin who have struggled annually with hamstring injuries. And I look at Michael Crabtree, I'm a little worried. The perception, I think, is that he does well later in the season, not so well early in the season. We'll see if, if perception becomes reality with Michael Crabtree. But like you said, Rank, he hasn't played with Colin Kaepernick yet in September, so it'll be interesting to see. All right, the Eagles and Patriots have been participating in joint practice sessions prior to their Friday night preseason game in Foxborough. Eagles receiver Jeremy Macklin, who is 12 months removed from ACL surgery, was reportedly, what, torching Patriots cornerback Darrell Revis during one of the practice sessions before grabbing his left hamstring and leaving practice. Macklin now unlikely to suit up in Friday night's contest. Uh, Macklin's got an ADP uh, in some places in the low 60s. I think on NFL.com we're seeing him in, in, in the low 100s uh, in a 10-team league. Is that a good price for a number one receiver in Chip Kelly's offense? We're talking maybe anywhere between the 8th and 10th round? If you're talking you know, around 9 or 10 for me, I think that's fine. I'm looking at him as a, a third receiver, and I think this really – solidifies that. I mean, he's coming off an ACL injury. It usually takes a full year. And as Rank mentioned, those hamstring injuries tend to linger. It makes me nervous. And we want to draft somebody from a Chip Kelly offense because no it's doubt. so explosive. But Jordan Matthews is a guy I would look at in that hmm. situation. All right, let's talk about Rob Gronkowski. Patriots tight end saw limited uh, action during the team's joint practice sessions with the Eagles. Gronk has, again, yet to be cleared for full contact. Actually, a lot of concerns whether or not he's going to miss the season opener. What effect does this have on where you draft Gronk? It's early, but currently he's the second tight end off the board after uh, ahead of Julius Thomas after Jimmy Graham. Uh, Rank, I see you shaking your head. Did I, did, I, did I sleep? Did everybody sleep through the 2013 season? Did they not see what Julius Thomas was able to go out? And then you look at this Broncos offense, and I know I should be talking about Rob Gronkowski right now, but look, Julius Thomas is poised for a huge year. Eric Decker is gone. That means more red zone targets. Mm -hmm. So with all the injuries that Rob Gronkowski has had over the last couple of years, I'm looking at Julius Thomas, relatively healthy, relatively young, good quarterback, great system. I'm going to go with him. 
All right, let's talk about the Texans. Good news for Texans fans is both Andre Johnson and Arian Foster return to practice Wednesday. Both Johnson and Foster are coming off of hamstring injuries, and Coach Bill O'Brien hinted there's a possibility they could suit up on Saturday versus the Falcons. Both these guys were once first-rounders. Foster currently a very late second-rounder. Johnson can be had in the fourth. Is there any upside at that price? Yeah, I, I would take a chance on, on Aaron Foster near the end of the second round if he's still sitting there. But the, the thing I keep preaching is if you get him, make sure you go get Jonathan Grimes, who's currently sitting at number two on that depth chart. Andre Johnson, just a guy who frightens me. He's getting older. He's had injury problems. And he's just a guy who has never scored a lot of touchdowns traditionally in his career. And that, more than anything, concerns me about him. All right, uh, you know, when we think about Andre Johnson, I, I mean, the, the guy got 100-plus catches last year, and, and the quarterback situation was was an absolute mess like it is this year. Uh, uh, Rank, where do you feel about Andre Johnson's uh, potential fantasy value? Worried about Andre Johnson, worried about Arian Foster, too. I mean, both of those guys are huge concerns for me, and sometimes you just you get the feeling from Arian Foster when you read his Twitter account and all these other things, like, his, is his heart into it? Is he really into this kind of thing? I don't know. Again, it goes back to hamstring injuries and so many carries. And, of course, that zone blocking scheme has now made its way to Baltimore. It's gone. Where it will benefit a guy like Bernard Pierce, mm. not necessarily Arian Foster. Bill O'Brien's offense, a big unknown right now. All right, Cowboys quarterback Tony Romo will start his first preseason game on Saturday following back surgery in December. Here's what Romo had to say on the importance of getting reps and going under center in the preseason. I think you have to play in the preseason. I mean, obviously some people can't, but I do know that um, from my perspective, uh, this game is not something you can just show up and think that you can do. I'm, I'm a firm believer that you have to play football to get better at football. Football's a way of life. It's not just, you know, sometime thing. It's, it's an all the time thing if you're gonna be a great player. All right, so Tony Romo is currently being taken outside of the top 10 quarterbacks in mock drafts. After guys like Colin Kaepernick and Jay Cutler, but slightly ahead of Phillip Rivers and Russell Wilson, does that seem about right for Tony Romo? I would probably take Rivers ahead of Romo right now. And, and, and Romo was that guy who was kind of a fringe QB1, like a high QB2. But this issue with his back, he's had a couple of surgeries in the last couple of years. That makes me a little bit worried. And reports right now out of camp, he's not getting a lot of reps. He's kind of sitting off to the side resting. And there's not a lot of zip on the football when it comes out. Back injuries are tricky. I think I move him down to a solid QB, too, at this point. Uh, rank, bad defenses, not good for mm -hmm. real-life football, great for fantasy. Great for <laughs> fantasy because you figure the Cowboys are going to be in a lot of shootouts, which means a lot of opportunity for Tony Romo to throw the football. So that, that's got to be a factor looking at his draft position. And he's going to be a value where you draft him. You're drafting so. him. You, you get him as your QB, two or something like mm -hmm. that. that. It's good value. I agree with that. All right, staying in Dallas, head coach Jason Garrett uttered the words no fantasy manager wants to hear when it comes to running backs. Garrett told reporters he sees DeMarco Murray as the leader of a, quote, committee in uh, the Cowboys' backfield. So here's the question. Look, I I'm assuming Garrett – Don't even joke about that, Garrett. <laughs> That's not funny. I, I don't think he knows or cares about fantasy terms. But in terms of fantasy, committee, is it it's a dirty word. Do you guys actually see this backfield as a potential committee? You know, he keeps saying that word, but I don't think it means what he thinks it means. <laughs> right. Uh, you know, no, no, no. Uh, either that or he's trolling us. Or he is. You know, <laughs> I, look, last year it was a lot of DeMarco Murray. I expect that again this year. The Cowboys, during Murray's career, 11-0 when he gets 20 or more carries, and I think they need to feed him the football this year. See, I think he's getting tired of the carrot top jokes. And he's like, all right, fantasy enthusiast. I got for you. I'm going to go to a committee, and now everybody's freaking out. But I can't see Lance Dunbar coming in and taking over that job. Well, let's take a look at this board here. Uh, uh, DeMarco Murray, obviously, uh, leader of the pack, especially in terms of, of rushing yards. Lance Dunbar, Joseph Randall, Ryan Williams, not often used. 
Do any of these guys scare you in terms of taking care of some DeMarco? Not at all. <laughs> yeah, that's a problem. DeMarco Murray is so good, and he's also good out of, the back, out of the backfield as a receiver. And if the Cowboys are in a bunch of shootouts, he's going to be in the backfield. All right. All right, those are your fantasy headlines for Thursday, August 14th. Time now to say hello and welcome in Molly Caraman, Michael Fabiano. Molly, take it away. Hello, gentlemen. Great stuff. Fabs, good to see you. It, it's our first uh, segment together of the year. It is. The CT connection mm-hmm, but is you, back. You don't need to bounce back. We just need you to stay consistent as always. So we just heard a few players from the guys that need to bounce back from injury. How about guys that need to bounce back from just a poor performance? Yeah, well, Eli Manning is the first guy that comes to mm-hmm. mind, right? And... I don't know that he's going to bounce back. Eli can't probably be any worse than he was last year. The man was an interception machine. I think there is a little bit of a, a positive vibe there with Ben McAdoo calling the plays as the new offensive coordinator. But Eli Manning has 83 interceptions since 2010. That's 11 more than any other quarterback in the National Football League. And the quarterback position is just so deep, Molly, that even, even looking at a guy like Manning before the last two rounds doesn't make any sense at all. I don't think he'll be drafted in a lot of leagues. Yeah, the line, not so good this year, uh, last year, or the running game. So uh, hopefully they can step that up. Moving on, though, we go to Ray Rice. And we just heard Adam talk about uh, him. He will now be in Gary Kubiak's system, that zone blocking scheme. He's very excited. I was at a... Baltimore and covering their training camp and watching him practice and he's excited because of how Arian Foster thrived and Ben Tate in that system but also he cut a lot of weight he's slimmer a lot less bulk and they said he's moving a lot more quickly and is much more decisive and because of what you said and because I think he's going to be motivated I think Ray Rice will be one of the better bargains in fantasy football right now his ADP on NFL.com is round eight that means you could draft him as maybe even a high-end four if you win on a quarterback like I do, and then he comes back after a couple games. Yes, there's a risk that there could be a committee with Bernard Pierce if he plays extremely well, but a motivated Ray Rice, a guy who's got a little bit more burst because of what you said, he lost a little bit of weight. This is someone that I think you can target and really utilize as a potential starter during the season. How about C.J. Spiller? Two TDs last year, six in 2012. What's the verdict on him this season? If you look at C.J. Spiller's career, he's had one spectacular fantasy season. One. That's it. Mm-hmm. Fred Jackson's still there. I know he's 33 years old, but even at 32, he was fantastic, a top 10 running back. Spiller is a guy that I want to minimize risk with, so I'm not drafting him until the fifth or sixth round as my third running back. I don't want to draft him as an RB2. Too much risk there. Anyone who had Spiller last year will definitely attest to that. How about Hakeem Nix? He's in his new home in Indy. Are are you liking the new surroundings and Andrew Luck throwing to him? Will he step it up? I'm going to be a negative Nancy here with Akeem Nix. I I don't like him there either. He is never going to be the elite wide receiver in fantasy that he was with the New York Giants. This guy hasn't scored a touchdown since December of 2012. Mm. And there's a lot of mouths to feed. It's 2014. A lot of mouths to feed in that offense between Reggie Wayne and T.Y. Hilton and Dwayne Allen and Kobe Fleener. So I am going to pass on Akeem Nix outside of the late rounds as my fifth wide receiver. I just don't see him being elite or even consistent. Okay, we'll curb our enthusiasm there. How about Kyle Rudolph? Could he be a breakout candidate? Norv Turner, tight end friendly scheme. Now, this is a guy that I like a lot. Norv Turner helped Jordan Cameron become a top 10 Mm -hmm. fantasy tight end. He's coached Antonio Gates and Jay Novacek, and uh, he's sort of like the tight end whisperer. And Kyle Rudolph's (laughs) going to be able to utilize the middle of the field. He's going to be a red zone target. This is a guy that I think you can steal somewhere in the 10th or 11th round as a high-end tight end two who could be your starter. 
as the season wears on. I remember a few years ago, he was a very good red zone target for the Vikings. Staying in the north there, I like Randall Cobb because he has the trust of Aaron Rodgers. I you do know like what else? Because he's in a contract year, my Listen friend. Listen to you. You just are analyzing things. Great job on your part. Trying the to contract year is definitely motivation, but Randall Cobb is going to be the receptions leader for the Green Bay Packers if he stays healthy. I don't think a lot more fantasy points than Jordy Nelson, but it will be close. Cobb is a guy to me who's versatile. He's almost like a Percy Harvin type back when Percy was with the Minnesota Vikings. Cobb is someone that I really like as a number two wide receiver. I like him more in PPR leagues. Rudolph and Cobb, I'm circling those. Now, someone we've been talking about plenty. That would be Johnny Manziel. Is it Hoyer? Is it Manziel? It's is it Manziel? Manziel? Is it Hoyer? What is it, Fabs? That's it's Manziel, all we hear Johnny in Cleveland. Football. That's all we hear anywhere. But the battle for the backfield is what fantasy owners should be paying attention to. We're talking depth chart battles and telling you who has the edge. But coming up next, our fantasy two-a-day series rolls on with the Monsters of the Midway. We head to Chi-Town for an in-depth look at the Bears' 2014 fantasy outlook and uh, maybe some deep dish when we return. Hang on. Fantasy weapons there. All right, welcome back to NFL Fantasy Live. James Coe here alongside Adam Rank. Our fantasy two-a-day series continues in the NFC North with a team near and dear to Rank's heart, the Chicago Bears. Bear down. Bear down. All right, let's take a look at their schedule first. Uh, this is what their schedule kind of looks like this year. Win, 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 <laughs> win, win. If you look at all the red, those were top ten defenses right. based on points allowed in 2013. As you can tell, Quite a bit of red there. Five of their first uh, eight games will be against top 10 ranked defenses from last year. All right, this is weeks 10 through 17. I love looking at weeks 14 through 16 because those are generally your fantasy playoffs. Cowboys, wow, that's a sweet. Saints, also pretty sweet. And the Lions should be a pretty tasty matchup as well. All right. Adam, you saw the schedule. Mm-hmm. I know you've been super high on Matt Forte. Right. You look at that early part of that schedule. Does that give you any tough. cause for concern, uh, especially using a top five pick on Matt Forte? I just have a lot of confidence in the Bears offense, and in particular, Coach Mark Tressman. And I have Matt Forte as my number one running back. And it's not that crazy to me because he was a number three running back last year in fantasy football. Let me hold your feet to the fire here. If you have that number one overall pick, are you honestly telling me you're passing LaShawn McCoy, Jamal Charles, Adrian Peterson, you're taking Matt Forte? Dude, I know you're new to this, but I will definitely be taking Matt Forte. I went out to Chicago this summer, spent some time with Matt Forte to talk a little bit about Mark Tressman's offense, and he said, look, you know, we were really growing in that offense as the season progressed. The way the Bears team that you saw in week one was very different from the Bears team that you saw in week 16. So this team was starting to build. And, of course, Matt Forte had 12 games with at least 100 scrimmage yards last year. He's only going to get better. All right, let's take a look at the, uh, the wide receivers here. I mean, you talk about a duo. Man, this is one of the most deadly duos in the league. Brandon Marshall as well as Alshon Jeffrey. Uh, you look at the ranks here, 189 catches first, second in yards, third in touchdown receptions. A lot of love through the air for both of these guys. And they're, they're very, very, uh, you know, similar, similar in terms of ADP, build, draft position, all these kind of things. Uh, a lot of folks taking Brandon Marshall first, Alshon Jeffrey second. A- any reason to think otherwise? No, the savvy move is to take Brandon Marshall first because him and Jay Cutler have a bromance out there. They They've do. had it all the way, going all the way back to Denver. Denver. So always targets Brandon Marshall. And that's going to continue this season. He's going to look at him. That doesn't mean that Alshon Jeffrey's not going to have a good year. But Brandon Marshall, he's one of the most underrated 
top five. He's like Ed Harris. Like Ed Harris is great in everything, but you don't. Where are you going with this, when you're, right? No, when you're talking about the best actors, you don't automatically say Ed Harris. But when somebody says, "Oh, what about Ed Harris?" You're like, "Yeah, he's great in everything." Solid career. That's the way Brandon Marshall is. All right. So is Martellus Bennett a starting? Fantasy tight end. I got to be honest with you. My initial reaction was no, right. but then when I did a little research, I saw that he's a top ten tight end, scoring tight end from last year. Do you have him See, as like, a starting tight I'm end? I'm like the dude in the Jack in the Box commercial where my head just exploded. Because yeah, the perception about Martellus Bennett no is doubt. that he's inconsistent. But you look at tight ends; they're all inconsistent. True. If you're if you're not Jimmy Graham, if you're not Julius Thomas, odds are you're going to be a little bit inconsistent. And again, it goes back to this offense. So many offensive, so many weapons there. And the Bears, because they lost Marcus Wilson, now don't have a number three receiver. So Martellus Bennett is going to be heavily involved. He, yeah, he's one of your last tight ends in the of the tight end ones, I should say. I'll split that out eventually. <laughs> Rank, are you ready for your mind to be blown here? All right. Something to keep in mind. Bennett had the same amount of catches and 30 less yards than Julius Thomas. The only difference between the two guys, touchdowns, 12 versus 7. I mean, and, mind blown. Like, I'm done. I don't know. I don't know how to top that. <laughs> and and Listen, we know Mr. that touchdowns in this game are, are, are very, very, very hard important. to come by. And, again, very random as well. Uh, let's talk about the guy who's under center, Jay Cutler. Right. Is he a top All ten right. quarterback? Is he a top ten quarterback? Is he a top Absolute. five quarterback? Will he, be stati- will he be drafted as a top five quarterback? No. no. Will his statistics be there? Yes. Hmm. Because it's all perce- perception mm-hmm. when it comes to Jay Cutler. He's still being harangued by the 2010 NFC Championship game because people just assume that he's always hurt, that he's injury prone, that he's off injured. But if you look at Jay Cutler's career, he's played at least 10 games every year since his rookie season in 2006. He started at least 15 games in five of his last seven seasons. Plus, he played with Mike Martz, which you might as well just not count those. Anytime, like Mike Mike Martz gets his quarterbacks blown up. So, Jay Cutler is durable. He is going to be strong. He is in his second year. He has matured. He's a father now. There's a lot of things that fact. What that you know what that's like. Yes, I got to name him. You mature. Yes. You become. No you know. You become much more responsible. Jay Cutler will be a top five fantasy quarterback. Let this me season. ask you about the defense. Are they okay. worth uh, again picking up this year? Because it was the sixth worst scoring Awful. defense in the game last year. Did you know they scored less oh, fantasy I, points than Dallas last oh, year? I'm aware. Yes, I understand they scored less fantasy points. I don't draft defenses, especially okay. if you're having your draft right now. Don't Can they draft. rebound, though? They can rebound, yeah. They're getting guys back. Peanut Tillman's back. Kyle Fuller, their first-round draft pick. They did a nice job in the draft. And this is one of those teams that over the years have been very opportunistic. The only downside is Devin Hester's not there. And that, okay. will return, that hurts the return game. So I downgrade them a little bit. I would stay away from the Bears defense. I'd look at some other teams. I'd look at the Houston Texans, maybe even Jacksonville. Wow. But the Bears in name, it's one of those familiar names. Yep. Don't get caught up in that. Leave them be. All right, let's take a look at your board here, Adam, uh, in terms of where to take some of these guys. Jay Cutler, obviously a projected top-rounder. That's his rounder. projected right. round, yeah. So but, but you like him to, to pay some serious profits at that price. No, that's great. Like, if you get Jay Cutler in the 10th round, you've won your fantasy league. Or you should. You've You'd be won. Very good wow. Shape. You've won it. Just like I that. I guarantee it. That's all you got to do. That's all you got to do. I don't care who you draft the first And again, I love Martellus Bennett in the 12th, especially after looking at those numbers. That's, Apparently, Jay Cutler is really throwing to Martellus. That's, that's his ADP. All Go right. ahead and draft him.
Still to come on NFL Fantasy Live, we're staying in the NFC North and hopping on the I-94 East to Detroit for more Fantasy Two-A-Days. Megatron has proven he's the best in the game at his position. Will we be saying the same about Matthew Stafford after this year? Can he make the leap and become the number one, two, or three fantasy quarterback in the game? We're trying to answer right after this. And welcome back to NFL Fantasy Live, the depth chart. Something every fantasy player has to keep their eyes on, especially this time of year. Let's do that and give you a clear picture on some murky depth charts around the NFL. It's time for a clear picture presented by Best Buy. All right, these are some of the closer battles we're going to be taking a look at. Obviously, uh, Ben Tate versus Terrence West. Uh, a, a very close running back battle in New York as Chris Ivey taking on Chris Johnson. And some rookies on this class as well. Terrence West, as we mentioned, Devontae Freeman. We're going to be talking about John Brown, a relative unknown, but we're going to be breaking that down as well. But let's start in Cleveland. At the running back position, Adam Rank, the Browns signed Ben Tate to be their lead back, but then drafted Terrence West, a guy I know you're extremely high on. Right. And, man, there's been a lot of buzz around this kid. Now, I'm the buzz, right? I'm the <laughs> one who's been driving this <laughs> bandwagon right. for Terrence West. And at one point, I just want the Browns to just fast forward to the part of the show where Johnny Manziel is their starting quarterback, where Terrence West is their starting <laughs> running back. And then everybody can be happy because, you know, depending on who you are, if you're one of those Terrence West defenders, you looked at the last game against Detroit and said, hey, he looked pretty good. He showed some burst. He didn't play a lot with the first teamers. But when he did get his opportunities, he looked pretty sharp. And then if not, you look at, you know, his yards per carry or anything like that. You're, we're just gauging. You're, you're just trying to look at the statistics to defend your position at this point. That's why this game is so important and, and going forward, seeing that how he responds. But, man, after, after watching him at the Combine and listening to some of the scouts and everybody rave about him, I'm ready to go all in. If He's he pushing lasts, the chips in, baby. I'm in. I'm in. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to draft him earlier than I should, too. I like it. Let's go to Miami. Marcus Grant talking to me about Lamar Miller versus Noshawn Moreno. Moreno came in a little out of shape. He's got that knee issue. Who do you like in that backfield? First, I, I feel like it should be Michael Fabiano talking about Lamar Miller after he was <laughs> talking about guys going all in on guys. You'll give him a little better luck than I did. Last you know, look, I, I think Lamar Miller is the guy right now, sort of by default, because okay. Noshawn Moreno was signed and we all assumed he was going to step in and take over that number one job. He had the offseason surgery. His recovery has been slow. In the meantime, Miller has looked, I won't say great, but he looked better than he had during the regular season last year. And right now, he's the guy in the lead there. I think when Moreno gets healthy, he's going to start taking more snaps. He's going to start to see more touches. But at least in the short term, Lamar Miller is the guy. Even then, I'm still waiting before I get him. I don't know that I have him as more than a flex option. That is at the absolute best for him. And, you know, as for guys like Mike Gillisley and, and Daniel Thomas, they're an afterthought. It's Miller and Moreno in that backfield. Uh, the good thing is you don't have to spend a high draft pick to get either guy. I mean, Lamar Correct. Miller was going a lot higher than he probably should have last year, and so that's why he burned a lot of people. All right, another guy that's burned some folks that in the past. pointed at me? <laughs> may or may not have. All right. Fab, we're going to you here in New York. The Jets added Chris Johnson. He's battling Chris Ivory. Uh, who do you like in that backfield? Can CJ become at least 1K? Uh, no, uh, maybe 9K, which means 900 9 yards. That's it. Wow. That's it. 9K. All right. 9,000 yards would be quite a bit, and I'd draft him as uh, my first overall pick if that were the case. But <laughs> I just don't see him putting up big numbers in New York. He's had 1,000 yards in every year of his career yeah. until 2014. Last year, career worst, 3.9 yards per carry average. Don't like to see that. He's entering his age 29 season. And Rex Ryan has talked about wanting a backfield committee there with Chris Ivory, with Bilal Powell. I still think CJ will lead this team in okay. backfield touches. 
but I'm not touching him until the sixth round as a flex starter, and that's it. You know, Chris Johnson uh, has a pretty good old line there. Does that actually help his uh, stock at all? He had a all? pretty good old line in Tennessee last year, You might too, be right. So. You might be right. But they have a different, I guess, style uh, of running this ball. It seems more – actually, guys, it seems Are more you? of like a power back style. But, and Chris Johnson's kind of that shiftier guy. You sound right. like you're trying to talk yourself into Chris right. Johnson Just right now. Just draft him already. <laughs> Fine, you're <laughs> right. He finished ninth last year among Johnson, running backs. Man. You're a good fun him. <laughs> They know me too well. In Atlanta, the Falcons have Steven Jackson as their starter. Jacquiz Rogers as a backup. But then drafted Devontae Freeman out of FSU. Adam Rank, here's another uh, rookie running back I know you're very high on. Listen, I nailed the Falcons running back so good and as far as drafting them because last year I said Steven Jackson was going to be the <laughs> fantasy MVP. He was great in week 15. Okay. I'm so sorry, but Devonta Freeman is somebody I'm really excited about. Watch him a lot at Florida State. Feel that he can come out and really take advantage of the opportunities given to him because Steven Jackson is fighting through some injuries and Steven Jackson is now 31 on the downside of his career. A lot of tread on those tires after all those years in St. Louis just being their battering ram. So Devonta Freeman is a fresh perspective a fresh look, and he will get at least 200 touches this season. I've already, I've already said I will buy a pair of John Cena's Never Give Up tennis shoes. Wear them on the show if that does not happen. So I'm going all in on Devonta. I'm going rookie heavy. I think the big question mark surrounding Devonta, right, is the fact that he's never really had that many touches, uh, even in college. So 200 touches, I think, would be a little bit surprising. But if he does it, man, he's got that explosive power uh, to, to really be a force in fantasy. He's got a lot of exciting moves to him. He's got a lot of upside. So I'm, that's what I'm looking for. At this point, you know, these running backs, there's not a lot of great running backs out there. A lot of running back by committee. So when you see somebody who's got a little bit of a glimmer, I'm going to take advantage of it. All right. In Atlanta, or excuse me, in New Orleans, rather, Pierre Thomas, Darren Sproles were both overall pretty good, but inconsistent in production. Sproles gone, we know. Thomas slide in the depth chart, we know. Mark Ingram, man, he looked amazing in the preseason. And then there's also this unknown prospect, Kyrie Mark, uh, Robinson. Marcus, uh, who do you like in that a very messy backfield there? You know, it is, messy is the perfect word for it because there are so many guys. It's like they're receivers even. There's so many guys, and you just never know where it's going to be. Great point. Mark Ingram is going to be the lead, I think, this year. It's a big year for him. They didn't pick up his fifth-year option, so this is very much a year that he has to prove himself. I'd Motivation like to see him, is a key. Absolutely. I'd like to see him get some touches against the one, see how he does there. But he did look very good in his first preseason game. He's going to get the bulk of the touches, but Robinson's going to be there. He's going to see opportunities. Pierre Thomas caught 77 passes last year. That was more than any other NFL running back. He won't just disappear completely from the game plan, but so many of these guys are going to be rotated through that I'm going to wait a long time before I even bother with any Saints running backs just because they're all going to cannibalize each other's opportunities. Uh, is it odd for you that this is such a high-powered offense and yet no one really wants to touch any of the running backs here? Yeah, well, because it's a passing offense. Really, uh, Darren Sproles was probably the best in terms of consistency in New Orleans over the last few years. Now he's gone. He's in Philadelphia. Pierre Thomas moves into that Darren Sproles role. And I agree with Marks. I need to see more mm. from Mark Ingram because four years in the league, he hasn't done much, right? Third, three years in the league, he, he's, he's been a disappointment. Very true. All right, Fabs, I want to stay with you, but let's go to San Francisco. Uh, where should I take Anquan Bolden? Where should I take uh, Stevie Johnson? I wouldn't even draft Stevie Johnson. Undraftable. Late round pick at best. Anquan Bolden, to me, is also a late round pick. Last okay. year, had a very good season. His best year since his days in Arizona when our boy Kurt Warner was throwing touchdown passes all over the place. Love it. But there's more mouths to feed now. Vernon Davis, you've got Stevie Johnson. Michael Crabtree is back and healthy. At least we hope he's healthy. So if that remains the case all season long, Anquan Bolden's targets are going to go down. He's going to be more of a wide receiver who has eight or 900 yards, maybe six to seven touchdowns. 
a late-run pick. He's not going to duplicate what he did last year unless injuries occur. We're going to say in the NFC West, this is kind of my favorite topic here because we're talking about an unknown player. An unknown. Michael Floyd versus right. John Brown. Adam Rank, give me the skinny on this well, guy. Well, Michael Floyd, he's got an ADP of the sixth round. He's a good prospect. And John Brown's not going to fight him off, but it's somebody that we have to talk about because the coaches will not stop talking about him. And here's the deal with John Brown is that you'll take a late round flyer on him. He'll do nothing for the first couple of weeks. So finally in week three, you'll say, forget it. I drop him then. He'll have an unexpected great game against the San Francisco 49ers. So you go up and you pick him up on the waiver wire, except the Cardinals have a bye week in week four. So you hold on to him. And you start him against the Broncos in week five, and he does nothing. So you get rid of him, and then he torches the Redskins in week six, and you go to pick him up on the waiver wire, but your buddy Sheridan got him instead, and you miss out on it, and you're super morose. Is that clear enough for you? It's like you? fantasy fan That's fiction. That's exactly what's going to happen. Wow. That, my friends, is called knowledge dropping. And that was a clear uh, picture presented by Best Buy. All right, Joey Bellstock is rapidly rising in D-Town. So what does that mean for Reggie Bush's uh, role in Jim Caldwell's new offense? We've got you covered on our full 2014 Lions fantasy outlook next. And later on, week two of the preseason kicks off tonight. We're putting our coaching hats on and breaking down what every fantasy GM should be watching for this weekend. Back after this. Welcome back to NFL Fantasy Live. Michael Fabiano and Marcus Grant joining me. And we kicked off our uh, two days this week, and we are going to continue. Yesterday, we touched on the Packers and Vikings. And earlier today, we talked about the Bears. So it's time to head to Motown, complete the division there. And we'll get to the roster in a second. But first, let's take a look at the schedule, guys. And if you had one concern through the first eight games, what is it, Marcus? Uh... You know, I think the biggest concern mostly is you, know, you have those division games that are always tough. I mean, they're teams that see each other twice a year. They know each other a lot. But generally speaking, I'm not too concerned about the schedule. Maybe I don't want to load up with too many guys on the same vibe, but I'm more worried about what their production will be, not what the schedule is. For me, the schedule is a help in terms of drafting when I have two players who are very similar in value. If I see that one has a better schedule than the other, that could be the breaking point for who I decide to draw. Yeah, it's helpful for splitting hairs when, when they're so uh, neck and neck there. All right, let's get to the guy who uh, is at the helm of this team. That would be one Matthew Stafford. Now, even though his numbers have been impressive, they've been down the last three years, especially in the pass yards, guys. He's usually taken in the top five. Is there a potential that this is the year he makes it amongst the top three, the, the real elite, like the Breeze and Payton? I don't know that he gets quite that high, but I think he's still a guy who's potentially a, a top five, top six quarterback, simply because Matt Stafford is a volume passer. And this is a guy who's averaged well over 600 attempts in each of the last three seasons, and Look who he's throwing it to. You throw it up there, you let number 81 go get the football. That's always going to help. He's they, all right. They've added some guys with Golden Tate. They still have Reggie Bush and Joyke Bell. There are a lot of targets for Matt Stafford this year. Listen, Stafford is a guy who I would draft somewhere in the eighth round, somewhere around there, but he's not likely to be there at that point. He's going to put up good numbers. You wait on quarterbacks? I do wait on no. quarterbacks. I've never heard that I, I know, I know oh, this okay. is breaking news, but <laughs> I really do think Stafford could be a top five quarterback, but the guy to break into the top three – Andrew Luck. That's who I like this year. Very, very interesting. All right, you talked about all their offensive weapons. Of course, Megatron. How high is too high to draft Calvin Johnson? Well, I don't draft quarterbacks in the first round. I <laughs> and really wide like receivers in the first round. So yeah, yeah, yeah. I would say if I'm in a 10-team league mm -hmm. uh, and I'm comfortable with the running backs who are still on the board, I go maybe Calvin at eight or nine, and then I turn back around, top of the second round, grab someone like Monte Ball, for example. 
But most of the time, I am not going to be taking Calvin Johnson. That's not to say that he's not great because the dude's awesome. Uh, one of the best, if not the best, fantasy wide receiver the last five years. But it's just not a part of my strategy. If I can get him late in the first round, flip it. Go running back second round, okay. Otherwise, I'm probably not taking it. The earliest I think about him is at number seven. I think you've got six running backs in McCoy, Charles, Peterson, Forte, and Lynch. Maybe Eddie Lacy right there in front of him. If you get to that point in seven and you're not sold on anybody else, then I think about taking Calvin Johnson, but that's the absolute soonest. Stafford also now gets Golden Tate to throw to. That should be pretty fun. What are your expectations for him as a Lion? I think Golden Tate's a guy you can look at maybe 75, 80 receptions this year. I mean, they're going to throw the ball a lot. That's just what they do. He's a guy with good hands. He doesn't drop the football, which is always a plus. He's a nice option on the other side from Megatron. Like I said, 75, maybe 80 catches, which is nice for the PPR league as a third wide receiver option. A guy who maybe puts up seven or eight touchdowns this year. I'll take it. Joyke Bell may be getting the uh, goal line duties this year. Is it possible that he surpasses Reggie Bush? It seems like his stock's really on the rise. Anything's possible. I'm still drafting Reggie Bush ahead of Joyke okay, Bell. Kevin but Garnett. He was a guy, <laughs> listen, he was a guy who put up top 17 fantasy numbers among running backs last mm-hmm. year. Joyke Bell, that is. And I have him in my top 20, and that's where he belongs. And I have him ahead of a lot of starting running backs in this league, like uh, Trent Richardson, for example. Okay, so then on the other side of it is Reggie Bush's stock dropping now because of Joyke Bell and because he never stays healthy. Yeah, I think you know the health is certainly a big part of that. I think he will he will see fewer snaps because not only it was really a true committee system. We talk about committees that really was a committee system last year. They were one and one A. I think Bell gets more snaps. He gets some more opportunities. That's going to take Bush off the field a little bit more. They're not guys who generally play on the field at the same time. I think Reggie Bush is still a top you know, 15, top 20 back, but his numbers are going to come down a little bit. All right. Well, they love to air it out in Motown. They not only get Golden Tate, they also get Eric Ebron. Should we pump the brakes here, gentlemen, because rookie tight ends have not been very successful over the last five years. Let's take a look at the numbers and the production that we've seen from tight ends in terms of fantasy. Should we not reach? Do we need to pump the brakes here on Eric Ebron? I'm not drafting him. There's a lot of miles to feed in Detroit. And how is this for a stat, okay? The last 79 drafted tight ends, not talking about 2014, but before that, four finished in the top 20 in fantasy points. Four! That's it! If you want to go for a low percentage play, go ahead and draft Eric Ebron, but I'm staying away from him. I also don't like the fact that the reports out of camp are that he's having problems catching the football. Mm. That's what I want out of a fantasy tight end. Uh, really? Catch the thing? ball, please. Yeah, I'm passing on him. All right, let's take a look at Detroit round by round in terms of fantasy value. Obviously, a lot of offensive firepower there. You take a look, Matthew Stafford. We've got Bush, Bell, Johnson, Tate. We're and pretty Ebron. close and there. Looking, you, you guys close, are neck yeah. and neck. Bell, you differ a bit. And they're on a Golden Tate. And I love Marcus just has not available. Yeah, not, not, right. not so not much. Not doing it. Not so much. That's about the earliest I would draft. <laughs> Ebron, and that's 15th round. <laughs> that is the best part. Just N slash A. All right, great stuff, gentlemen. Coming up, week two of the preseasons means more playing time for starters and key backups. So which players should you be keeping an eye on this weekend as you adjust your draft board? Our experts shed a light on what to watch for for week two. That's right after this. Gentlemen, fantasy season hasn't started just yet, so no roster-related coaching decisions to make, but the evaluation process is still crucial that takes place this time of the year because we have preseason. Absolutely. Week two kicks off tonight, Jags and Bears. That's at 8 p.m. Eastern. We talked about the Bears earlier. Marcus, from a fantasy perspective, what should we be watching in this one? The guy I'm really keeping an eye on is Toby Gerhardt, mm-hmm. and I've been big on him for the entire preseason. I know he missed a little bit of a, t- a little bit of time with a minor injury, but he is back, and I'm 
Just curious to see how he runs. We know he's going to get the ball a lot. He hasn't had a lot of work because he was stuck behind some guy named Peterson in Minnesota for the first four years of his career. So now it's his chance to shine. I like that he's going to be the workhorse back for the Jaguars. I think he can get upwards of 300 carries this year, and that's very rare in a running back nowadays. I think he's a guy with – he's an RB2 right now with potentially an RB1 upside this Reminds year. Reminds me of a situation when Michael Turner or Michael Turner, just him, left <laughs> the San Diego Chargers, joined the Atlanta Falcons, became a number one running back. Moving on, we got another game, and uh, the Eagles and Patriots, of course, they've had joint practices. Now they're going to face off on Friday. Adam Rank, Chip Kelly, that high-powered yeah, offense. That high-powered so offense, fun, yeah. Even for us uh, fantasy folks, what are you paying attention to? It was so good last year, but you looked at what Nick Foles did. He had two interceptions and 317 attempts, and then he goes out in one game and throws two interceptions last week against the Bears. So a lot of people are concerned because – there's a question of whether he could do it again. It seems unbelievable that somebody could go out, have a season like he had where he was so efficient, not turning the ball over, and you look at it, and it's an offense that you want to buy in on, and you want to see, is he going to make those same mistakes? Because a lot of the throws that he made, the poor ones that he was making, throwing off his back foot, not making proper reads, is he going to correct those mistakes? So that's huge. And in addition to that, they've also got a new running back there mm-hmm. too, Darren Sproles. And a lot of people look at him as merely a backup to LaShawn McCoy, but Watching Chip Kelly as I did when he was at Oregon, I have to believe that Darren Sproles is going to figure prominently into this offense. They're going to find a way to get him and McCoy onto the field at the same time. And you look at a lot of the yardage that Deshaun Jackson left on the table by moving to Washington. Darren Sproles is going to pick a lot of that up. He's going to be a great pass catcher. It's going to be so much fun to watch that one. You talked about questions earlier. When I think of questions and fantasy, I think of the Patriots, the receivers, the running backs, the defense. What's going on, and what are you watching on Friday night? Well, I wish Rob Gronkowski would play and make my (laughs) life easier about where I should rank him, but the backfield for certain because – Steven Ridley was a high draft pick last year, failed to meet expectations. Shane Varin, he's got a great shot to catch 60 balls in this offense, but he missed a lot of last season. And now we're seeing reports that James White is running with the ones. So Bill Belichick, once again, is becoming one of the most hated men in the world of fantasy football. I'm drafting Vereen first out of this trio, Ridley second, James White more of a late-round flyer. I've got to see more from him, but... We are going to be able to check out what this rotation looks like in this second preseason week. And then moving into the third preseason week, hopefully we'll get even a clearer picture. But again, with Belichick and the Bellatrix, you never know. The questions, that's the constant there. This other one coming up, the Titans and Saints. This one's really interesting on Friday. That's at 8 p.m. Eastern. There's a lot of rookie studs here, Marcus. There are, and Bishop Sankey is the one that everybody's going to be paying attention to. He was the guy that coming out of the NFL draft, we were really big on. Mm -hmm. He was the first running back taken. We expected big things from him. His first preseason game left something to be desired. He caught the football well, three catches, 38 yards, and a touchdown. Didn't run it quite so well, just 37 yards on 13 carries. And that was running kind of in the second half against some of the the backups there for the Green Bay Packers. So I'm very curious to watch him on Friday to see what he does with the football. Because keep in mind that even though the Titans have big expectations for him, he's still competing with Sean Green for touches back there. He may still be competing with Dexter McCluster for some snaps in that offense as well. So while we have expectations for him, if he doesn't pick things up in the preseason, he may start sliding down that depth chart. I really think sooner than later, this is going to be the guy. Sankey's going to be the guy. Sean Green is 29, coming off a knee surgery. He's past his prime. I don't know if he ever actually hit his prime. Maybe that was with the New York Jets. 
One of the players that I'm really looking at in Tennessee is Kendall Wright, a guy that I absolutely love. Last year, he had the quietest 1,000-yard season in the history of fantasy football. 94 catches, but he only had two touchdowns. Now, Ken Wisenhunt is now the new head coach there. Wisenhunt was in San Diego last year, where Kendall, or excuse me, Keenan Allen was an absolute star from a fantasy perspective. I really think that Kendall Wright is going to end up making a major impact both for the Titans and for fantasy owners this season. His ADP on NFL.com right now is round 10. I mean, if you can get Kendall Wright, especially in a PPR league, in rounds 8 to 10, you are like stealing this guy. You know who I'm even more excited about? Because that was some intensity from you. Right. The rookie, Brandon Cooks. And Brandon you talk Cooks. about PPR. This guy, yeah. potential to be a stud. Talk about everything. Now, the hype for Brandon Cooks is kind of running off the charts. And I'll take full responsibility to that. Because I love Brandon Cooks. I loved watching I've him at been... Oregon State. I used to stay up late. We had the NFL Fantasy Live show early on Sunday mornings. But I'd stay up late, watch those Oregon State games, and watch Brandon Cooks just you run. Absolutely wild. And when he got drafted... By the New Orleans Saints. I was there in Radio City Music Hall. Stand up, standing O, because it was the perfect situation for him to go to because they're going to give him a lot of opportunities. And when you look at the average draft position, I know Mark or uh, Marcus Colston is the guy that comes off the board for the Saints first. You know what? I would rather have Brandon Cooks. I'll wait. I'll take. I'm crazy. I feel he's going to come out. He's going to have a huge season. I'm not scared. I understand rookies. Give me, give me all the, the numbers you want. Rookies can make a difference, and I will draft. Brandon Cooks. So whoever says preseason does not matter is wrong, especially when it comes to fantasy. Plenty to watch. And remember, you can sign up to become the Lenovo Fantasy Coach of the Year just by joining an NFL.com fantasy league like us. The lucky winner will have the opportunity to help draft the 2015 Pro Bowl roster in Phoenix. Very cool. Sign up today for a fantasy league and go to NFL.com slash FCOY for more details. Normally, we like to keep it positive and upbeat here on NFL Fantasy Live, but next, we'll take a turn to the dark side, talking fantasy bad beats, the players that cause them, and why they won't be on rosters anytime soon. We're back in just a bit. Stay here. All right, welcome back to NFL Fantasy Live and Fantasy Listen, there's always a player you fall in love with for no reason. Lamar Miller on the far side. Hyping him for no reason. Lamar Miller on the right side. Drafting him way too high, only to be burned by a bus type season. So give me a player, guys, that you think is a high-profile starter that you just can't draft, you can't do it, you've been burned in the past, uh, you, you don't like his situation. Marcus, we'll start with you. Well, I'm going to go with the guy we talked about at the top of the show, and that's Andre Johnson. He's a guy that he's done it so long and done it so well for so many years, but things are a little bit different. They have quarter Quarterback issues there in Houston, whether it's Ryan Fitzpatrick, whether it's going to be Case Keenum, who knows? He's dealing with a hamstring injury, which tends to linger, especially for a guy who's now 33 years old and getting up there in the league. Plus, in his whole career, he's never had double-digit touchdowns once. Last year, he had five touchdowns. It came in two games. So <laughs> it just it makes me a little bit nervous with okay. what's going on in Houston right now. Mr. Fabiano, who do you basically not draft at all? You're the new guy, by the way. You know you have to buy lunch <laughs> after this whole thing. That's very true. I'm going with Percy Harvin. Uh, if you look at Percy Harvin's last couple of seasons, he's been injury-prone, and there's this other trend of wide receivers that go to Seattle from different teams, and they kind of stink. All right? Like T.J. Hushmanzada, Nate Burleson, <laughs> Deion Branch, uh, even a Peter Work, these named guys, Braylon Edwards, they go to Seattle, and their numbers tank. Percy, I love you, but I'm not drafting you unless I need a third wide receiver somewhere in the middle to late rounds. I'm not doing it. Molly Karam, who do you have nightmares about when you're drafting? Mm, 
Hmm, we talk injury prone, we talk Steven Jackson. I thought he was done with the Rams, and then he comes to Atlanta, and he's all banged up, and I always draft him, and I always <laughs> take him high as my number one guy, and he always kills me. Fool me once. Uh, shame on you, fool me twice, year. shame on me. MVP oh, of the stop. fantasy oh, yeah. season. <laughs> one game. Playoffs. Okay. Never again, You're going to Houston friend. as well, right, Adam? Yeah, what Marcus said about... Andre Johnson goes double for Arian Foster. I'm out. <laughs> I don't even want to deal with it. He's, not even, he's not even funny on Twitter anymore. Oh, he's like, oh, he's out. All right, for me, it's going to be Ryan Matthews. His inconsistency drives me nuts. His yardage all over the place from day to day, season to season. And he, plus, he's got the fumbling and the injuries mm -hmm. as well. I can't do it, you know? Just like, uh, just like the uh, head coach for the Niners said, you can't win with can't him. Do it. <laughs> can't, can't do it. Can't do it. That's Mike Singletary. All right, thank you guys so much. Great show today. Tomorrow, it's a big, big show. Yes, Guess sir. what? I went one-on-one -on -one with Peyton Manning. I asked him a bunch Ooh, of fantasy-related questions. I try to get a little clarity in the Denver backfield. We'll see what he says. All right, plus your two-day tour continues in the AFC West as we take an in-depth look at the Chargers and Raiders. We're going to see you tomorrow, 4 p.m. Eastern, right here on NFL.com. You go into your shower feeling tired, but as soon as you reach for the Irish Spring, your day immediately gets better. That crisp, fresh, unmistakable Irish Spring scent zings your brain and awakens your senses. So when you finally emerge from the shower 37 minutes later because you pay the water bill so you can stay in there as long as you want, you're ready to take on the day. And smell great doing it. Irish Spring Body Wash and Bar Soap. Fresh, green, Irish. Shop now at a store near you. Open a limited-time 11-month certificate at Kemba Financial Credit Union. At 5.25% APY, it's more than triple the national average, plus it's a safe and secure way to grow your money. Visit your local branch or kemba.org slash cd for details. Offer expires May 31st, 2024. APY equals annual percentage yield. Restrictions apply. $500 minimum and $250,000 maximum deposit. Advantage status required. Comparison based on bank rate average. Federally insured by NCUA. Live Nation presents Concert Week. Now through May 14th, get $25 tickets to over 5,000 shows. That's up to 75% off a summer full of your favorite artists like 21 Savage, Alanis Morissette, Cage the Elephant, Celeste Barber, Dirk Bentley, Fade, Hootie and the Blowfish, Janet Jackson, Kids Bob Kids, Megan Trainor, Bissell Puma, Sarah McLaughlin. Get tickets to more than 5,000 summer shows for just $25. Until now through May 14th. Visit LiveNation.com slash Concert to learn more and plan your summer with Sean Paul, Sum 41, 30 Seconds from Mars, oh, and Two Door Cinema Club.